everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I'm looking for my good buddy out there, Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, what's up? It's snowing in October here today. <laughs> yeah, first snow of the season. We knew it was going to snow, so it wasn't a surprise, but it's actually pretty. And October snow always melts within a day or so, because I think over the weekend it'll be back in the 60s. But a fun little thing to wake up to today. Yeah, I... I told you before, I always find it a little depressing. And then the, the other thing, we had a little bit blow through, but none of it really stuck. And then the, the other thing that it's causing is, you know, that, that sort of change of season, you know, sniffles or sore throat or whatever it is. And I'm sure you've had this experience, you know, at some point over the past six months, you know, any kind of slight illness and you're like, oh my gosh. COVID. COVID. <laughs> Anytime someone sneezes, no one says uh, bless you or gesundheit anymore. They just say COVID after they sneeze. I've decided that's the new thing. I don't know what you call it, but that's the new thing you say after someone sneezes. But yeah, I'm with you. But, you know, it it, it was something to sort of uh, shake up the monotony of my life with snow this morning. I suppose. I suppose. Always, always fun to have snow before Halloween. and, And here we are. A day before Halloween, which can only mean one thing, that it's time for our annual holiday episode of Volley. And of course, we can't do our annual holiday episode of Volley without our very good friend, CompTIA's CIO and EVP of Certification Operations, Randy Gross. Do I get walk-up music now? I feel like... You need it. You've been doing this long enough. We need to get you some walk-up music. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? We're good. How are you? Well, I mean, we had a break in the monotony where I live, for sure. One Seth Robinson's daughter, Kate, has stayed with us for the last three days. So that was truly delightful. Um, Seth is a tremendous parent, so you could also have a parenting podcast, (laughs) because we really liked having her here. So it was was great. Uh, it It was a joy to know that she was staying with you. And I think both of us, you know, went through a little bit of the experience of... Yeah, our, our kids are growing up here, Carolyn. I know you you've you've had some of that too. It's like ah, oh, the, the mm-hmm. kids are like adults now, and this is this is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and delightful adults was much preferred to the alternative. So I uh, appreciate you sending her our way, and she's often running around doing whatever that you can do when you don't have responsibilities. So super jealous of that too. <laughs> what a life! It's a, it's a lo- it's a lovely time of life, right? I- it is. It is. So should we dive into our uh, our holiday wish list or whatever it is? Or yeah. So, so for anyone that hasn't been with us the past couple of years uh, and is wondering what this holiday episode is all about, you know, with with uh, three major holidays coming on the calendar, we always like to take a moment here and talk about one thing in the tech industry that we find a little bit scary one thing that we're thankful for, and one thing that's on our wish list. Uh, and, and this year presents a few extra wrinkles into that script. But why don't we start with the scary thing? And, and Randy, I think you were going to lead on this one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny trying to think of like something novel no one has thought of that hasn't been like written about in, in hyperbole to death, things that we're scared of. I think... What came to mind over and over again here in terms of the technology industry is trust and specifically the lack of trust that exists now or the bottom of the barrel of trust, meaning it's at a, at a global level, 
and especially at a governmental level, I think the 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 trust in and you can say in big tech couldn't be lower. And I think that if this sort of attitude was there 20 years ago, then that'd be a very different podcast. So, you know, I think there's a couple of things that I'd point to as sort of examples of that. One is the the notion of social good in terms of COVID. The technology industry has made fits and starts, but it's not there yet. Where, where, where is the knight in shining armor here? And I realize it's a biotech situation, but if you think in terms of just contact tracing, um, just got an alert two days ago that Colorado was doing contact tracing on iOS. We've been at this a long time. So, wow. it's, right? I mean, it's, it's interesting that we've had all of that happen. I, I, it's just remarkable that we haven't been able to, to, to solve this. I, and I'm not going to be political on it. I just think objectively, to me, for something that is a basic way of doing business in a pandemic that is taken that long. I think the second one, if, if you look at, and again, not getting political, but if you look at election security and you look at that globally, so you look at cyber events, you look at the way that social media has been manipulated in social engineering. You look at even the voting process itself and, and God, especially in the U.S., just how crazy that's become. There's a lot of technology behind that that could really have helped. But I think that the attitude toward all of that now, it, it is just toxic. And it's, it's unfortunate because it feels like there's, a, there's growth that could occur. And now it's more like we're clawing out of a ditch. To be honest, I don't know what pulls us back out. And, and I think, you know, you combine the pandemic with some of the privacy issues that have been going on. And I think if I talked about it even last year, I mean, it's, it's pretty bleak out there. Sorry to start that way, but that's kind of the, the things I had thought through. I agree. There's a lot to be afraid of right now and uh, outside of the technology realm as well. But I, I really would like to underscore your point about how the abilities of technology have not been fully utilized to try, at least, you know, to my knowledge and, and what you're telling me. Um, seems to make sense to try to fix the problems that we're in right now, you know, find some sort of cure, the contact tracing you mentioned. And I, I don't know what accounts for that. Yeah. And I, I think that the notion of trust has become really interesting. I, I remember reading something a while back and I can't remember who it was. So I apologize for that, but they were talking about Airbnb specifically. And they were, were saying that the the thing that Airbnb was working with was not so much property, you know, or a place to say whatever it was trust that you used to be able to place your trust in and, and you still can place your trust in, you know, a, a Marriott or a Hyatt, you know, a hotel chain, you would go there and you could trust that you were safe. And, and the thing that Airbnb was trying to pull into their digital tool was that trust and I think that's true of a lot of these technologies and, and companies. And, and the thing, you know, that, that's on the surface isn't the trust, it's ride sharing or, or a place to stay or communications or building your network or whatever it is. But especially as we're getting at scale, trust is at the heart of the issue. And I think it's partly on the companies, it's partly a society thing that we we have to kind of learn, okay, how do we know that we're going to trust something in the digital space versus trusting it in the physical space where we can see somebody? And and we just all haven't figured that out yet. No, we, we haven't. I have a very good Airbnb story. Perhaps I'll tell another time. Maybe <laughs> not. Oh, well, we'll have to have you back for uh, just an Airbnb story alone is 
a good one. It's a really good one. Yeah. Okay. All right. I agree with what you both said. Yeah. I think it's, it's a, it's to have this conversation at this time last year would have been ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. It, it's more of a, de- a notion of degrees. Now there's, there's no nuance here. It is kind of rock bottom. Yeah. And it's, it's become the responsibility of the companies to build that trust. Right. Yep. Um, and, and again, you said, you don't know exactly how we claw our way out of this and, and we're, we're in uncharted territory you know, just in terms of the scale of these companies. I mean, if you, if you take away, you know, the pandemic and the election and all the things that have happened this year, the, the scale of these companies is unprecedented. And I, I think that they have to figure it out. If they're working with the government, the government has to figure it out. Carolyn and I have talked about this a lot on the podcast that they can't just apply the same old regulation laws or whatever it is. This is a brave new world and everyone's got to figure this out. Uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Totally agree. That's enough negativity. Let's, let's, uh, let's roll. I'm going to, I'm going to take over the podcast now. Please no more. <laughs> well, I think, right, I, Carolyn, so the, I think you're up next. I've got the Thanksgiving thankful part of this, which is a very difficult one. Thank you for assigning this to me, Seth, uh, in a year that rivals no other in my lifetime, at least. Um, and not on the happiness, thankfulness side of things, but I am going to counter a little bit uh, what Randy had to say. And um, one of the things from a tech perspective that I am thankful for, and I think that many uh, people who work for a living are thankful for is technology. And the fact that we have had because of the pandemic to move so swiftly into a remote working environment. Imagine if this had happened 20 years ago, how would people have worked? You know, the, you know the, there was no work at home option. There were no, you know, the internet and, and broadband and Wi-Fi were, you know, just fledgling. And for many people didn't have it and some still don't. But the reality is that the, we've been able to continue as an economy for many people. Now, again, not certain types of workers because we have the technological capabilities to be able to pivot to working from home. And I've been really impressed by sort of the resiliency and the flexibility that this technology has allowed people um, to be able to function. And, and workers have kind of responded to it. It's actually presented in some cases an opportunity for uh, providers in the tech space, uh, specifically in the channel, for instance, uh, to, to you know, create new businesses, being able to support all these people that are now working from home. So. You know, we hear about the downsides about, you know, the unemployment and people who have lost their jobs and, and, and that is very real. Uh, but without the tech tools that we have in place now, that this would be far worse in terms of uh, in terms of the unemployment hit. So I'm thankful for that. Well played. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think the larger concerns I have about overall economic collapse have likely been pushed way forward because of it. And I think we talked several months ago about how it's worked for, for CompTN. I think it's you know locally for us and gosh knows that everyone else I talk to is the only exact same thing. So I agree with you. It's, 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 it's a, and it's something with CompTIA specifically, like the, our certification business, um, there's still a, a strong need out there for people to um, make their careers better and give themselves better opportunities. And I mean, just personally and professionally, I think for the industry, I'm, I'm grateful as well for, you know, what the implications of those businesses being able to run is means we've been able to operate as well and provide services basically the same way we've always been able to do. 
and school is the other thing. Um, all of us. Yeah, have... I, I forgot to mention that. That was on my list too. Yes. So what would we do with all these school kids? I know it's pain to have them at home, but. But they, they can still keep going, right? I mean, I think, yeah, exactly. I feel like in a lot of the discussions that I have, you know, with other parents, you know, our, our tendency is to gripe about the exact thing that the school might be doing or whatever. And we, we almost lose the, the forest for the trees that these kids are able to keep making progress, right? And that, that's kind of to your point too, Randy, like we have been able to keep making progress here without a lot of the technology, this all would have ground to a halt. And I, I think it's, it's forcing us to think differently about things, you know, not that we're going to take this way of living and continue it indefinitely into the future, but it is forcing, you know, that thoughtfulness. And as we come out of this, as we have more options available to us, uh, it'll be really interesting to see the, the reaction. And, and, and I think that, you know, work and school, th those two worlds could have very different reactions where work maybe has a little bit more of a tendency to get back the, to the way things were and, and schools, especially dealing with some of the pressures that they were dealing with even prior to the pandemic may try to leverage some of the things that they've learned over the past few months. I think so. I think snow days in Colorado, I, Seth and I joke about this all the time, but Colorado is pretty soft to be honest uh, with snow days. <laughs> they've sent out a, uh, a note, I think this week that, we're not doing those anymore. We'll start everything two, two day, two hours late. And then we're just going to keep on rolling. So I think that that's one of, it's something that's interesting. Is that, you know, going to solve global problems? No, but I think it's nice to watch, you know, industry that is, it's difficult to change. I don't know if it's resistant to change, but academic, you know, whether it's secondary or college, it's hard. And um, they're able to take on it, take on this stuff. I was incredibly frustrated back in March when they were just completely caught flat footed. I just it didn't make any sense. It makes sense now. But um, yeah, no, you're right. There's, there's a lot of, of benefits we've been able to take on. I, I agree with you completely. Yeah, I think this is a learning stage, um, especially on the school front, um, that uh, we may see, though, um, grow more sophisticated in how they leverage tools and the way that kids go to school or don't go to school um, and learn at home is going to change. I think it's going to really change the collegiate landscape quite a bit. We've always had online colleges that are out there, but I think now you're going to see more mainstream universities using technology as a, a means of educating as well. And um, as someone who has a college student right now in school who's on campus, but doing some classes in, in the classroom and some sitting in her dorm room from a computer. So, you know, I, I'm just grateful that we have these uh, options because without it, you know, I don't know what kids would be doing right now and, and workers, we'd all be I don't know what we'd be doing, either forced to take a risk and go into the office, which I don't think anybody wants, or twiddling our thumbs at home and, and waiting it out. And as we've seen, the, this, wait, this wait is a long wait, and we don't know how, when it's going to end. So it's really untenable to think that, you know, you just kind of sit it out for a, a short while, because we don't know what, if it's going to be a short while. It hasn't been. Right. I, th I think that's definitely a great thing to be thankful for, and something that like I mentioned before, has probably been taken for granted a little bit, um, especially, you know, for those of us that have, you know, been working, you know, through technology for, for a long time, uh, you know, we, we've just translated that into this space without maybe recognizing what a privilege it's been. I agree. I think that, yeah, we live, we live in this space. So it wasn't that big of a like revelation, but for those who work in different industries, they'd be, you know, in a world of hurt if they didn't have these tech tools. 
So I ended up with the wish list item. Um, both of you are griping about your assignments. Um, <laughs> just funny how the person doing the assignment got the, the nicest one, but um, I ended up with the wish list. And I, I think we're going to end up bringing this discussion full circle here because as I was thinking about it, the thing that I would wish for the technology industry is to leverage this unprecedented influence that they have in the world and in our economy and focus the attention on some issues that need to be solved, uh, some social issues, some infrastructure issues, things like that. I think if you consider the, the history of the technology industry, it obviously started as, as a business-focused industry, driving a lot of solutions into the businesses that could afford the technology. And, and then the explosion has really come out of the consumer space, which, you know, to be somewhat blunt about it, is mostly a lot of companies making toys for people uh, and, and people have a lot of disposable income to spend on that. And, and that's really fueled the growth that we've seen. But I, I think the time has come for the industry to, to begin considering what it needs to do. Uh, and, and the one example that was coming to mind so much for me was rural broadband. And, and I don't think it's that much of a stretch to, to think about someone like a Microsoft or maybe an Amazon taking this uh, as a project and, and saying, we're going, we're going to build this out. You know, it's, it's maybe not going to be pro bono, but it's not going to be, you know, something that we're expecting to directly make a lot of money from. But there, there's certainly not that far that you have to stretch to think that if one of these companies were to build out that infrastructure, they would benefit from it in the long run. Um, and, and I think getting back to your original point, Randy, if we're talking about building trust, you know, and if the tech industry needs good PR, which is something that I think we've said for the past few years now, this would be the way to do it. I, I could see that. I just wish there weren't 25 years of certain companies taking subsidies for that exact thing and not investing them and not laying fiber on roads that are being built. And having that opportunity and instead taking on billions and billions of dollars. I realize that's a hot take. I didn't mean to do that. But I, I think that's the kind of activity that, that goes big. I think you've got, you've got things like Elon Musk building the Starlink constellation uh, that could potentially do things along those lines. But like you said, not pro bono. Um, but yeah, I think a, a, a big gesture where it's we're going to do something because we're worth billions of dollars collectively. It's not even going to cost that much. I realize that's not going to, I know exactly what I sound like there, but I think there is an opportunity um, as well to, to really make a lasting change. And, and to, to just comment real quick on like the, your, your Elon Musk example, to not make it a moonshot, right? Like it, it doesn't have to be this extravagant thing. There are some like real world issues, you know, to be solved that aren't going to, you know, necessarily be maybe the most innovative or whatever word you'd want to choose there. But Again, they, they are real things that need to be solved. And like we're saying here, it seems like it could go a long way. No, I agree, Seth. There are some very tangible sort of tactical things that the, the tech industry could focus on generously. And I think rural broadband is one of them for sure. I'm always shocked when I, I read stories about how these swaths of our country still are not connected. It's like, really? What? But uh, another thing I think that we could tackle, and this may be more of a moonshot um, to you, but I, I think that the tech industry could spend 
the big tech industry could spend a lot more time on things like climate change and focusing there and on health issues and focusing there. Obviously, that's um, front of mind right now. But uh, I think you know, taking up and, and when I say climate change, I don't mean, you know, we're going to solve, you know, the whole world's problems, but thinking about, you know, initiatives that might start to help us get there. Because I think when people think about such a big topic like that, it's like the way that people think about the size of the universe, you know, and your head just explodes when you try to like, well, how big is the universe? Um, and climate change can seem that way. I think like one of those dead end things that are just so impossible to think you can tackle and, 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 and defeat. But if taken in chunks and you have the technology industry sort of just address certain parts of it um, would be, I think, a way for then the general public to, to be able to consume and understand what's going on without having their universe head explode, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I think that's a great example too. I don't think that's a moonshot. I think that's a real world problem that, like you said, it's it's a big problem, but you see all of these companies talking about their sustainability efforts, talking about that they are going to be carbon neutral. And you know, I, I just feel like there's an opportunity there for them to not only say, okay, here's what we are doing with our operations, but we are, I don't know, open sourcing these plans. We are going to help other people figure out these plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's a bit, you know, to ask for. I, I don't know that I can think of any other industry that is, you know, utilized its position within society to start doing good things rather than just making money. But the, these companies are benefiting from things like, you know, e-commerce and and they're, they're kind of creating that new structure and the, the scale, like I said before, has, has really never been seen. And, and so I think that the time has come for them to say, okay, if we're, if we're going to be building this new world, how do we do it responsibly? Yeah, it's the, I still think there's got to be a forcing function there of some sort. And I, you know, you think about, the true good that's going on that's come out of the tech world. Look at what Bill Gates has done during this event, during the pandemic. Yeah, I meant to mention him. I, I, I think he's a perfect example. But he's not doing anything like, we're not building supercomputers here. He's figuring out how to get glass for vaccines. And toilets. There's the literal on the ground things that, that really can make a difference. And I think the, the greatest part of technology is the leverage it provides. And we get exponential leverage now compared to what we had, gosh, even probably 10 years ago, and even more so now. You, Moore's law, I think, can apply across the entire spectrum of that. And so for all of those things put together, there's, there's one, there's a lot of resources out there. And two, there's a lot of really smart people who come at this stuff from a completely different point of view. You look at some of the folks that go into state and local governments that are coming out of technology and they can revolutionize things and it doesn't even take them that long. And it's pretty neat to see how, how all that can work. So yeah, I, I am, I am hopeful that there, there will be those kind of things. I just, at the huge company level, I have, I have a hard time buying in, but I think there's some, I hate using this word, but disruption that could absolutely occur. Um, as you've got people who are literally trying to keep people alive. That's a hell of a motivator to me. Yeah, sure is. Well, I think we managed to bring a little bit of optimism into our holiday uh, episode it's here. Snowing. <laughs> <laughs> our our action items are to work on walk up music for Randy. Yep. Oh, we, we and we didn't get a high school story this year, so we'll have to work on that one for next year. Well, I had to honor Kate. You know, she she was. You did. You did. That was good. 
I, I've met Kate a number of times and she's a lovely young woman. Yes. Well, thank you both for that. And uh, thank you again, Randy, for hosting her as she starts on this journey that she's about to undertake. Sounds good. All right. All right. Well, as always, well, great well, talking. Happy Halloween to tomorrow. And uh, hopefully the rest of the year might get a little bit better than this one. Yeah. Has been so far. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk to you all again very soon then. Cheers. Thanks.